Well, brothers and sisters, uh, good evening and welcome to our, our Norwest Now meeting number two, our second Norwest Now meeting uh, for the year. Thank you so much for coming out to hear uh, about our new uh, service kicking off at 5pm in about six weeks, uh, our relaunched Chapel Lane uh, ministry uh, and our uh, growing youth Bible studies out of discipleship community. So we're going to hear more about all of that tonight. Uh, what do you need to have uh, with you tonight? Uh, if you can have a copy of this booklet, that will be helpful. Hopefully you received a pen as well. You can scribble down questions as you go. Uh, and uh, if you've got a prayer card as well, Craig's going to be leading us in a time of prayer towards the end. So that will be helpful to have with you as well. Uh, you know, uh, in chapter 7 of the book of Revelation, there's this remarkable picture that John paints for us. One that many of you, I'm sure, uh, will be familiar with. And I'd like just uh, to take a moment now for you to take a moment to close your eyes, uh, if you're okay with that, and to let this image, this picture, this revelation uh, from chapter 7 simply rest upon you. So John speaks. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And you can open your eyes. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful picture in Revelation 7, isn't it? It's a picture actually of what life is meant to be about. Uh, it's an image of the future that should mould and shape what today is to be. It is heaven. Uh, what it actually is, is a picture of people of every colour, nation and creed united as one. We know they're united because they are all wearing the same thing, they're all holding the same thing and they're all saying the same thing. Have you ever noticed that they're all wearing the same clothes, this uniform of heaven? That's in verse 14. These are they who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. See, the reason that everyone in heaven is wearing the same clothes is because everyone has been saved the same way. You see that? The, the robes are white. That means the people are pure because the people have first been stained red by the blood of the Lamb. You see what John's showing us, right? 
that heaven will be filled with a multitude of people who are all united because they've been saved in the same way by the same lamb, by the substitutionary and sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that for almost all of you here tonight, maybe all of you, this is the picture that animates you, that brings life to you. Now, maybe not this picture from Revelation 7 exactly, but one like it. Maybe Luke 23, Jesus hanging on the cross where he cries out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Maybe Isaiah 53, where we read uh, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds we're healed. It's a picture from the past which changes our present, which shapes our future. Put simply, it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Jesus for you in flesh and blood in tears and death in grace and salvation and it is have no doubt of it the heartbeat of god's church around the world the church in africa in europe in asia god's church here at Northwest. please be crystal clear on this point everything that we do here Everything we do in this place, everything, is so we can grow in our love for our crucified King, so we can proclaim Him clearly to a world that does not know Him. Many of us are late to the story of the gospel here at Norwest. I've only been here seven years, many of you less than that, a couple more. But from what I'm told and what I believe, the gospel has been the heartbeat of this church for more than 30 years. And I think that's why we have found such unity, particularly in the last seven years, as there has been so much change in this place. A unity in building projects, in shutting down services, in reopening services, in planting new ministries, in employing new staff, in empowering our wonderful people to use the gifts that God has given them. That's you. It's a remarkable unity. This, this gospel that has driven us in this place to make change, never for the sake of change, but always to enable more and more people to have what we have. The opportunity to come in, hear of the Lord Jesus Christ, repent and believe of our sin, and then live as his saints for his glory and honour in this place. You know, here at Northwest, we long to see Jesus as King in every heart and every home in our community. So we will let nothing stand in the way of that at all. You know, it's uh, pretty easy if you take a step back to think we're doing a pretty good job under God here at Norwest. You know, another 85 people have joined us this year in the first seven months. We're one of the fastest growing Anglican churches in the Diocese of Sydney with plans under God for new buildings and services and staff and people. We're doing really well. And let me show you a graph. Let me turn on my remote. There's our heading. Uh, so this, uh, all this data comes from the 2016 ABS census, not the 2011, 2016. Uh, and so this here is the number of people who live in our suburb, just our suburb, not the hills, just Borkham Hills, uh, 37 
38, so around 38,000. Uh, now, this is the number of people who identify as being as Christian in our area. That's a pretty loose uh, uh, def definition. It sort of, sort of means you're not a Muslim uh, or a Hindu, really. Uh, but uh, about half uh, our people say that. Uh, this is the number of Anglicans in our suburb. That's 5,200. Um, and then this is the number of people at Norwest. Now, a couple of comments on this. Uh, firstly, 5,226 Anglicans. You might be thinking, well, I guess there are a few other Anglican churches in Borkham Hills. Yeah, there are, uh, particularly uh, in, our, um, in the suburb as defined by uh, the um, Bureau of Statistics. Uh, but we're the largest, uh, although there is Holy Trinity Borkham Hills, and there's a church plant at Winston Hills, a church plant of Northmead. Uh, but you'd be mistaken for thinking, well, there's got to be an Anglican megachurch here somewhere with like 5,000 people in it. No, no, that, that's not the case. So our best estimate is that on any given Sunday, there's about 1,000 Anglicans in our suburb in church and 4,200 Anglicans at Bunnings. <laughs> but who cares about Anglicans? Because the point is, there's 38,000 people living in our suburb alone, and I know many of you don't even live within our suburb. And only a tiny fraction of them know the Lord Jesus. At one level, it's a graph like this that really matters. Not Norwest, but the number of committed, gospel-soaked, Jesus-living Christians in our suburb is tiny. And it's easy for us to sit back and think, aren't we doing well? Well, are we? <laughs> are we? No, I mean, the fact is, God has been so kind to us here, hasn't he? In the new life we've seen, we we're about to have a baptism with another seven people committing their lives to Jesus publicly. With the many new people he's brought here. But the fact is, there is a sea of people outside this church perhaps living next door to you, perhaps even living in your homes who do not know their right hands from their left. Now that's a quote from Jonah chapter 4 where God is speaking to Jonah about Nineveh and God says this, he says, but Nineveh, God speaking, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And I think God would have us know tonight. God would say to us tonight about Borkham Hills. But Borkham Hills has almost 40,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many shops as well. Should I not be concerned about that great suburb? And of course he is. And we are to be. Jesus Christ as King in every home and every heart. And in five and a half weeks, we start our next chapter. It's humble. It's not going to add much. <laughs> but it's very exciting. It's a restructured evening church program here at Norwest. A brand new service at 5pm targeting high school age families. Expanded youth age Bible studies on a Sunday evening. And a relaunched Chapel Lane service at 645 and we actually see there being a very close and strategic relationship between the new 5pm service and the new Chapel Lane service at 6.45. We will be looking to see people from 5 serving the Chapel Lane community and people from Chapel Lane serving the 5pm community. So our brand new 5pmers will be serving the youth and the youth leaders from Chapel Lane in a range of ways. 
uh, as well as also looking to share the gospel. The 5 p.m.s will be looking to share the gospel with the families of the many non-Christian youth who currently attend our Friday night youth ministry here at Norwest. More of that in a moment. We see our chapelainers serving the families of our high school age families in the way they lead and care for their kids through our youth programs at a crucial time uh, in your children's lives, actually. On top of that, our music teams for five and chapelain will be a combination of five PMs and chapelainers. You've seen almost all of them tonight, actually, up on the stage. Uh, but our musos tonight are a combo from both five and chapelain who will be serving both services each week. We see very close relationships between five and Chapelaine. Brothers and sisters, this is a very exciting time in the life of our church. And we will continue to do what we've always done, which is respond to the growth that God keeps bringing. And we will let nothing stand in the way of Jesus becoming king of every home and every heart. Churches pray for years for what we see every week. Churches pray for years to see what we see every week. Don't rob yourself of the joy of the opportunity to give great thanks to God for the wonderful things he is doing in our midst amongst us. This is a rare season, a wonderful season. And we're in for a great night tonight. I've asked Heather Medbury to lead us in prayer that we might all give great thanks to our God now. We're going to do it. Thanks, Heather. So let us pray. Hi, we're going to thank God for what he's done here. Uh, could take all night, but no, I've restricted it. <laughs> so join me in prayer. Dear Father, we join together here as your body of saints at Norwest rejoicing in anticipation for the start of the new 5pm service. And as we do, we bring all the praise to you, our great and mighty God, for the increasing number of people that you bring into our family here. Unless you build the house, we labour in vain. So we thank you for those who over the years have brought our pastors and the congregation to you in prayer. Thank you for the blessings you have poured out on this church as you planted it nurtured it and have brought forth growth. Thank you for the faithfulness of the first families who set aside their comfort to start the church plant here and for the dedication of past ministry staff, Chris Burgess, Chris Jones and the assistant pastors and staff who have worked with them to build up your body here at Norwest. Thank you that they encouraged a welcoming servant-hearted culture which is still strong in our church family today. Thank you, thank you for bringing Pete, James and Craig to lead us here and the wonderful staff team that they have around them. Thank you for their unity as they work together for the glory of your son. Thank you, thank you for their faithful teaching, exhorting us to live godly lives, even as the world's values leave us more and more as strangers and aliens in a foreign land. Thank you that aside from their teaching, we also have a range of courses that help people understand your plan of redemption, such as Christianity Explored, and how living your way can make a difference in our marriage or parenting, etc. Thank you for raising up godly people to lead this training. We praise you that the growth of this church is not just numerical, 
but you are working in the lives of all of us to make us more like your son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the different ministries such as kids programs and community groups where we can do life together, encouraging each other in our walk with you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be ambassadors for Christ in this region. Thank you for our continued opportunity to be present in the local schools and the answered prayer as we have youth here who despite not being raised in Christian families have chosen to come to church and commit their lives to you. Thank you for the ways that we have been able to reach our community, such as with Week on the Green or Crestwood Fair. And we also rejoice at the wonderful connections made through the teaching of English as a second language and the transformed lives as you have drawn many current members of our family through these different sorts of outreach activities. We thank you for the opportunity to partner with others further afield in the spreading of your gospel, the opportunity to directly sow into your work at Oran Park, Northwest Australia and the rights in Fiji. Thank you also for the opportunity to give financially to train up new ministers or provide aid locally and abroad. We are blessed to be a blessing in these ways. Many, many people serve your body here some seen, some unseen, but all is essential. And we bring you praise for you are faithful in all that you do here through your people. Our church here is full of your unfailing love. We extol you, Lord. May your praise always be on our lips. As we seek you, you have answered. Your eyes are on us and your ears are attentive to our prayers. Your steadfast love never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. We delight in you, Lord. Give us the desires of our heart, that is, to be a continuing part of your renewal and revival in this community. We commit our ways to you, Lord, and trust in you. Make firm our steps and uphold us with your mighty hand as we launch this next church service. Amen. It's good to thank God, isn't it? It's good for us to count our blessings together. Thank you for leading us, Heather. Um, well, you remember earlier this year, uh, we began talking about uh, 5 p.m. and the new Chapel Lane back in March. And in the subsequent months, we've talked and we've prayed together. We've visited community groups and a bunch of things uh, have become clearer. And you have helped us uh, sharpen a bunch of ideas and plans. Um, and so in particular, I'd like to share four things with you. Um, that we've have become clearer over the last little while. Um, first of all, the shape of Sunday nights. Uh, secondly, uh, youth ministry strategy. Thirdly, uh, some new information. And fourthly, opportunity to serve. So we're going to look at those four things over the next little while. Um, so first up, the shape of Sunday nights. And I, I'd like to um, ask you to kind of go with me in your minds as we paint a picture of what Sunday nights uh, we hope will look like from uh, term four. So imagine you're a typical 5 p.m. family with teenagers. Perhaps you've had a great week and you're just excited to come on Sunday night to thank God for everything that he's doing. Or perhaps you're having a really hard time uh, in life and there are a thousand reasons for you not to be here on a Sunday. But you know church is where you need to be to be served and to be a, a blessing to others. And so you arrive with your family at quarter to five and you head up to the auditorium. Uh, the musos have been here since 3.30 p.m. and they're finishing up their preparations for five. You head into the auditorium for five while your teenagers head off to their discipleship communities. 
And these are so vital in seeing our youth grow into the next generation of revolutionary disciples for Jesus because they get to do life together with their peers under the word of God. The only exception to all this will be the years 5 to 7 who will start in 5pm for the first three songs with uh, their parents before heading out to their discipleship community. Okay, now fast forward in your mind to quarter past 6. 5pm finishes and heads out through those doors onto the deck for supper. Discipleship communities are also finishing up and so there's a light meal for the musos and the youth who are continuing on for Chapel Lane. Meanwhile, if you're a chapelainer, you arrive sometime after quarter past six. And up on the driveway, just outside those doors, the hub is running. What's the hub? <laughs> Barista coffee, a light snack, music, and a chance to catch up with friends and meet new people. At 6.30 p.m., all of 5 p.m. have moved out onto the deck, and the chapelaine service team are now free to start meeting and praying and planning for everything to kick off at 6.45. At 6.40, the doors to the auditorium open and chapelaine come in together from the hub. There's lots of noise and chatter. And then at 6.45, the band begins to lead us in praising our great God. By 8 p.m., chapelaine finishes up. People chat, pray, sometimes have dinner afterwards and then head off to serve Jesus in the week coming. That's the pattern, we hope, of a Sunday night. Now, one of the wonderful things about 5 p.m. is that it's given us an opportunity to expand our youth strategy. And so I want to hand over to uh, Tim Schooler now, who's going to walk us through some of the key highlights. Well, thanks, James. Let me add to the information overload you'll get tonight. doesn't stop with me, so buckle up. Um, I'm here to talk about youth ministry strategy. 5pm fits uh, very, very neatly in with how, what we're doing uh, as a youth ministry at Norwest. Uh, and so to process what I'm going to um, share with you, I've got four headings. First one is what are we doing in youth ministry at Norwest? This is a question that we uh, as a youth leadership team ask ourselves all the time. And all of our youth know the answer to this question. The answer is that we are building the next generation of revolutionary disciples. We're building the next generation of revolutionary disciples. That's our passion. That's what we, we meet to do. That's what we give up our time on Fridays, Sunday afternoons to be involved in. We aren't just playing games, giving Bible talks and discussing nice things. We aren't just hoping kids survive the teenage years with their faith intact. We're aiming much higher. We are building the next generation of revolutionary disciples, teenagers who will speak boldly for Jesus wherever they are. And wherever they go because our teenagers know that they wear robes washed white in the blood of the lamb and so they have a message to tell their friends just as much as we do and as a as a leadership team we regularly imagine our youth growing into an army of disciples to change the world for jesus and it is that big picture vision that energizes us and excites us that's what we're doing in youth ministry at Norwest. Where are we now as we, uh, as we do that? Well, uh, right now we're a, a growing youth ministry that by God's grace is seeing, uh, seeing uh, an army, a next generation of revolutionary disciples. Uh, we are averaging uh, on Friday night 63 teenagers on, uh, at youth this year. 
when you think that there are 16 kids currently in year six and 20 in year five, we expect, and this is not an outlandish uh, projection to the future, we expect that come term four next year, we'll be averaging 90 to 100 teenagers on a Friday night. So that's Friday nights. On Sunday nights, youth are a big part of Chapel Lane. For those of us here who are Chapel Laners, you would know that. They fill up a whole bank of seats. They make a lot of the noise. They bring a lot of the energy. And our youth love being at Chapel Lane. And Chapel Lane love having our youth here with us. Before Chapel Lane, we have our discipleship communities. As you heard a bit about tonight, there are uh, community groups for teenagers at Norwest. These have now been running for two and a half years. They are a firmly established part of our ministry structure and are producing great fruit. Uh, incidentally, uh, a few of these people are here tonight, but at the beginning of this year, we had two of our original discipleship communities graduate into a Chapel Lane community group, which is very exciting. Uh, so yeah, as I said, some of them are here tonight and that group is, uh, is, is flourishing and they love being a part of uh, Chapel Lane and being part of a community group. It's worth noting 100% of the teenagers in their year group who were regularly a part of discipleship communities successfully transitioned into the Chapel Lane community group. That's worth noticing. In addition to Friday nights, Sunday nights, discipleship communities we have 22 kids helpers who are youth in year eight and above who are learning leadership skills while serving in kids ministry on a Sunday morning or a Friday afternoon at one Arvo. Uh, next year we expect this number to grow so that's where we are now a very very exciting ministry to be a part of a growing ministry and one that can be helped by 5 p.m. how do we keep working towards our goal of building the next generation of revolutionary disciples. Well, we want an increasingly intergenerational approach. Let me say that again, some big words. I'm used to dealing with teenagers. So, an increasingly intergenerational approach to ministry with all ages more and more involved in youth ministry. Uh, in term two this year, Sarah Jones, who is uh, a mum from our 1045 service, she's got three young children. She joined the youth team as a youth leader, giving us someone who's got experience at a different stage of life and she is rubbing shoulders with the teenagers on a Friday night. That's a wonderful blessing to our team. Next term, Heather, who just prayed for us, is, uh, who is a Chapel Lane member with two older children, is joining the youth team as a youth leader. And there is a real richness in having people of different life stages involved in youth ministry. So can I say... If you think that, oh, I'd like to do youth ministry, but I'm not quite the right age or stage of life, reconsider. <laughs> How do we keep working towards our goal? An increasingly intergenerational approach to ministry. Secondly, keep finding innovative solutions to the wonderful challenges caused by the growth that God is bringing to our youth ministry. You know, the, the biggest Friday we've had this year was in term one. We had a bring a mate night. We had 85 teenagers in this room and it felt full. And it made Evan and I begin to think about how we can best care for the increasing numbers of youth who are going to be a part of our youth ministry in the years to come because 85 will be a small night soon. So we expect that we will need to continue to make changes to our Friday night ministry structure to, uh, in the next year or two to best um, 
cater for this, uh, this growth. Thirdly, I've already hinted at it, but the biggest pinch point for us at the moment is the provision of leaders. Uh, we have a, a wonderful, servant-hearted, highly skilled youth leadership team. Uh, they are dedicated, they are passionate, they love Jesus, and they have a desire for Jesus to be glorified by every teenager in the hills. You know, since the day I joined Norwest, every ministry has had enough leaders, just. <laughs> and uh, by God's grace, we expect that God will continue to resource the ministries of this church with the leaders that he requires and that we require. But that's the biggest point, pinch point for us. We, are always, we always have enough leaders, just. Uh, and so we'd love you to be, keep praying for uh, the continual provision of youth leaders I'd be praying that God will continue to provide for uh, this ministry. So that's how we keep working on our goal. Increasingly intergenerational approach, keep finding innovative solutions and uh, keep praying for God to provide leaders. What's the first step? And this is specifically how our new Sunday night structure um, helps us with youth because both the 5pm service and Chapel Lane have an important role to play in the increasing uh, in the development of our youth ministry at Norwest. So I want to give three first steps. One for teenagers, aka the children of some of you. Uh, one for those of you who are joining 5pm and one of you and one for those of you who are uh, part of the new Chapel Lane at 645. For our teenagers, we want to use, we want our teenagers to use 5pm to connect in again with discipleship communities. Uh, we know that transitions are key for teenagers in ensuring that they finish the high school years, they finish the teenage years walking closely with Jesus. We know that the times between year six and year seven, the time between year 12 and post-school, are danger times for our teenagers. They are ages and they are changes of life where many walk away from their faith. We work hard at these transitions. So whether your child is 10 or 17, if they are coming regularly to church on a, on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning, but they are prioritizing that as a part of their week, they are in a good position to be doing the same thing when they are 20 or 40 or 80. So we want to encourage our teenagers to use 5pm to connect in again with their discipleship communities. Uh, if you are part of a Sunday morning service and you have children in years four to seven and they are making the transition to 5 p.m., hopefully you would have received an email from me uh, about helping your children to transition. On September 10, we're meeting uh, in between the two morning services at 10.30 to meet as one group and uh, help our kids look forward to 5 p.m. and make that transition well. That's the first step for our teenagers. For the parents of teenagers or those who are coming to 5pm, let me encourage you to use 5pm to kickstart your personal evangelism with the unsaved parents of youth who come here on a Friday night. Roughly a quarter of the youth who have been here on a Friday night this year don't come from Christian families. And 5pm is a great place for them to be invited to where there are other people of the same age, same life stage, where they can come and feel very normal and hear about Jesus. We're also envisaging, as we think about the future and think about changing our Friday night structure to, um, to best cater for the growth that God is bringing, we are also envisaging a more intentional parent-to-parent -parent ministry on Friday nights. 
Pete will give you an opportunity to sign up for that later in later tonight. So if you're thinking of joining 5pm, use that opportunity to kickstart your personal evangelism. Finally, if you're a Chapel Lane attender, I want to say uh, thank you for the job that you do in celebrating our youth. Our youth feel so welcomed at Chapel Lane. They love being a part of this place. They love being talked to, included. They love it when you initiate conversations with them. So if you are here and you are Chapel Lane and you are looking forward to the new 6.45 start time for Chapel Lane, would you be praying for our youth? And would you be looking for opportunities to have conversations with them on Sunday nights? Help our youth to feel like Chapel Lane is the place where they belong. They would really appreciate that. I would really appreciate that. And their parents, many of whom are sitting in this room, would really appreciate that. Norwest, can I say I'm really, really excited about the two new services that we are starting. Uh, I think 5pm and Chapel Lane have got a great opportunity to help youth ministry at Norwest take the next step forward. I'm going to pass back to James. Okay, well, we've talked about uh, Shape of Sunday Nights. We've talked about youth uh, strategy. And uh, now I want to kind of bring some new information uh, to you, some updates. Um, so we've almost finished the community group tour, uh, 25, 26 community groups. Um, we've only got two uh, youth discipleship communities to go in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so as you'd understand, it's been a massive time investment by Pete, uh, Craig, and I. Um, but we have absolutely loved doing it um, as we've got to sit in your community groups and uh, spend time with you. And our overwhelming response has been um, that we're so humbled to be leading a church where so many of you love Jesus and long to serve him in any way that you can. It is a real privilege. And as we've done the visits uh, and we've heard back from people, we're excited to let you know that there's 57 people committed to 5 p.m., uh, which is a very solid core for us to start a new congregation. We're hoping that will grow to around uh, 80 regulars by this time next year. Um, so 5 p.m. will be our smallest service, but it will be full of people excited to serve in this new way and share Jesus with uh, other youth families. Of course, in addition to the 50 si 57 adults, there will also be the 24 uh, youth in the years 5 to 7 age group who will start in for the first three songs with their parents. We also want to let you know uh, where community groups ha have landed. We've landed for that. Um, you may remember initially we were saying uh, that the ideal position would be for 5 p.m. community groups to kick off in term four as 5 p.m. started to get 5 p.m. going well. Um, that's still the ideal. Uh, however, it's been enormously difficult to create uh, new 5 p.m. community groups without causing massive disruption to existing community groups and existing uh, community group leaders. Um, and so we think the wiser course is to leave community groups across the church uh, running as they are during term four so that everyone stays in their uh, current group um, and then we'll launch uh, new community groups of 5 p.m. in term one next year when all the community groups for the whole church uh, get going uh, for a new year as well. Um, although, can I say, if you're not currently in a community group um, and you've been waiting for 5 p.m. or the new chapel lane to start, or you've been thinking you really need to move from an existing group to a 5 p.m., um, please let me know and we'll do what we can uh, to help you find a group now that will remain together in 2018. So I want to make sure that it has a place for everyone. Well, more about food. Now, if you're a chapel laner, you know that we love food, right? 
We love talking about food, thinking about what we might eat, about sharing food together. And it's not about just the eating, of course, it's about community. Um, drinks break at Chapel Lane and our dinners afterwards have been a wonderful way to build community and to welcome uh, newcomers. And so, of course, as we've done the community group tour, a number of you have asked, what's happening to dinners with Chapel Lane moving to 6.45? Which is a great question. Um, we're not 100% sure what we'll do, but we are absolutely committed to eating together. Um, and so we're going to need to experiment with different options. And so we'll work on that together and we'll try different things and work out what works best. But part of that commitment to doing life together around food and all that that means is launching the hub as a place to connect and hang out before Chapel Lane from 6.15 onwards. And um, Bal is going to be overseeing uh, that ministry, so she, it's in very capable hands if you know anything about what Bal does with food. Um, perhaps as you think about the hub on the driveway at 6.15, or you're thinking about 5 p.m. supper on the deck, and you're thinking about it and you thought, it's pretty cold tonight as I arrived, um, and it's gonna, what's going to happen in winter? <laughs> with that sort of stuff. Well, um, we hear you, uh, we feel the cold as well, uh, and the wardens are exploring uh, various options for heating uh, for winter next year, so stay tuned on that. Uh, before all that, of course, is launch date, and it's gonna sneak up on you. October 15th, just six and a half weeks away, so now is the time to get our hearts and minds ready. And we're going to spend some time praying together about that later on. But one of the ways we can get our hearts and minds ready is to think about how we might serve. Um, and so Pete's going to walk us through uh, some of the new opportunities for Five and Chapel Lane. Uh, thank you, James. Friends, uh, one of the things that we regularly say here at Norwest uh, is that this church uh, doesn't actually belong to me. Uh, or to James or Craig or any of the staff for that matter. And actually, it doesn't belong to you either. Uh, We're all blessed to uh, belong, but it doesn't belong to us. The church belongs to the Lord Jesus. That being the case, every one of us has a role in serving him and his church by using the gifts that he's given us to build up his church. And I already know that a number of you have said to me, Pete, just let me know how you want me to serve uh, at the new services. Uh, I'm happy to do anything, which I have to say is music to a pastor's ears. Um, so hear me clearly on this. We need you to serve. We need you to serve. That's how this place runs. If you're at Spring Fair on Sunday, if you're at the family service on Sunday, two fantastic church events absolutely run by the sweat and off the back of our people to the glory of God. Uh, there are going to be sign-up sheets uh, at the end of tonight, up the back in front of where the Bibles are stored, uh, with opportunities for you to express interest in ways to serve. And I'd love to see names on all of those pieces of paper. Uh, otherwise, I'll be calling you. We'll have a chat. Uh, but here are five key areas where we're looking for support. Firstly, uh, light meals for musos and youth. This was something that we overlooked but came up as we uh, actually brought this to the church or spoke about some things around this to the church at the last Norwest Now. Uh, we want to provide a light meal every week of term, that's 40 weeks a year, for both, for both our musicians, who will have been here from 3.30 all the way through to 8.30, as well as to our youth, who have been here for their discipleship communities um, uh, from uh, 5 o'clock all the way through, through to 8.30, and then who hang around for Chapel Lane. Uh, but 
emphasis on light meals here. Uh, we are thinking of something like soup and bread uh, for 40 people or hot dogs for 40 people. Uh, and we would love you to sign up if you're uh, happy to be involved in that. Uh, we think there might be some community groups. Some community groups have already expressed to me that they'd be happy to take that on. We think if we had eight different people, individuals or groups take that on, uh, once a term, you come in, you make a pot of soup, you serve it in cups with some bread rolls, and then we have uh, youth and musicians who can focus in our later service. Uh, secondly, uh, Tim's school already spoke about this. Uh, but we want to talk about mission to youth families. One of our key evangelistic strategies uh, for you know, the 5pm uh, and linking 5pm at Chapel Lane is to reach out to the many non-Christian families whose youth attend our youth group. Now, one way to be involved with this might be to help out uh, with a Friday night coffee cart uh, down here, engaging with parents as they drop their kids off. Um, but that's just an idea. We'll see who signs up. We'll get those people together and we'll see what ideas come from there. But we think that's a great opportunity uh, to bring Jesus to those people uh, who are simply looking to drop their kids off at a service provider, not realising that in this place are the words of eternal life. Uh, thirdly, uh, Chapel Lane Hub. Now, James spoke about being involved in the Chapel Lane Hub. Uh, as we've already heard, Bal is going to be overseeing this. Uh, but this team is going to be providing supper, making coffees and hot chocolates for our Chapel Laners before Chapel Lane kicks off and thinking through food and hospitality and how to uh, engage the community before church starts. Uh, really exciting new initiative. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if you'd like to be involved in that, please sign up. Sheets up the back for that. Fourthly, uh, Sunday PM setup. Uh, we need, uh, we're going to need a small team of people to help with a Sunday PM setup. Currently, we have a Sunday AM setup, uh, and I can see John here, who's part of that. Uh, this person on a Sunday morning comes here early, puts out the bollards, puts out the tables uh, out here where you get your name tags, sets up the morning tea, and gets the church in here ready. Uh, the PM person is going to come in and do a similar thing. Bollard's already out, but reset the tables out here. Ensure that, that the space in here is ready for our church service. That might mean we need to give the floor a quick vacuum. It might mean we need to recover some, some chairs. We might need to reset a few things here or there. But we need someone every week who's going to come and ensure that the space is ready uh, for the church service that's going to be starting at 5 p.m. Uh, we would love to uh, see some names down for that. It's a very important role. And then finally, fifthly, there are other Sunday things, not less important because they're clustered, but just they're all to do with the 5 p.m. service by and large. It's PowerPoint, welcoming and supper. Uh, actually, if you're at Chapel Lane and you'd like to do that at the relaunch of Chapel Lane, you're not currently doing it, we would love to hear from you as well. But sheets up the back whether you can sign up for that as well. Uh, you know, I think it's very interesting. We know here at Norwest, we know that when new people join us, we visit them and say this to them. We say, look, uh, if, if you uh, don't get engaged in the life of our community by either joining a community group or serving, we know that there is 90% chance that you won't be here within two years because we know that from our data. 90% chance that people are not here within two years if they don't serve and don't join a community group. Now, you know that because you're here, because you're deeply engaged. Uh, serving is actually that thing that moves you from feeling like you attend a church to being the church. So serve. That's what you've been made for. And our music is going to serve us now. We're going to stand and sing together.
Well, friends, just while we set up up here, we now have an opportunity for some uh, Q&A. So this is an opportunity for you to ask any questions of clarification uh, or to ask us if there's any areas that we haven't been clear about uh, or things that we haven't thought through yet. Uh, now's a great opportunity to do that. Uh, obviously, uh, Tim uh, overseeing our discipleship communities at five, uh, James, Chapelaine pastor, Craig, Chapelaine pastor, Craig, 5 p.m. pastor, me, 5 p.m. pastor. And so that's our roles here. Uh, so let me just throw, throw it up to you. Uh, hand up if you've got a question. Uh, I'll repeat the question and I'll hand it to whoever's most appropriate to answer it. Marcel. Yeah, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Uh, so, let's, uh, so here's the question. The question is, uh, uh, smaller congregation, therefore uh, commensurately smaller community groups. Uh, actually, we're aiming for five in the new year. Uh, if you can't make one of those nights because there's less nights, because there's less groups, uh, what do you do? Do you suck it up or can you go to another group? James. Uh, great question. Um, it's kind of twofold, really. Um, we are uh, always recruiting and training new leaders. Um, and so uh, under God, we're planning and hopeful for uh, new leaders so there's more groups uh, than we currently have um, so that will help uh, the other thing is normally when groups form um, we ask we let the leaders take the priority in terms of when when they can meet because they're the ones are kind of there every week obviously um, but uh, generally great leaders do that in conversation with those who are joining their group um, so that's sometimes open for conversation um, and so a goal is to have as many options as possible uh, all things considered and whether that can happen, you know, no one can meet on a Monday night and so on. Um, so in the rare case of someone not being able to find a group that they can go to on a particular night, um, we, we want to work with people. So the goal is to be in fellowship and, and uh, Bible reading and teaching. The, the ideal is to be in uh, community group with the people you're attending church with on a Sunday. But there are cases across our church of, of where that's just not possible. And we, we work with people with that and work out the best option forward. So um, it's not at all that you'll just kind of miss out and, you know, that's too bad. Um, we'll, we'll work with the best we can. And so sometimes it's, it's a really detailed process doing community groups. Yeah. Thanks, Marcel. Uh, Julie. So the question is uh, about the youth band. You may not know there's a youth band. There is. Uh, uh, there's a youth band that's being trained up to serve uh, in church. Um, and uh, what's that going to mean for consistency with regularity at uh, discipleship communities and so on and so forth? Tim. Yeah, if you want to see Jason get really, really excited, just chat to him about the youth band and he thinks about new musicians coming and he gets, uh, gets wide-eyed. Um, the way that Jason runs... Uh, bands at Chapel Lane is that he from time to time invites people to come in from time to time and get a taste so there might be a on the odd occasion um, someone from the youth band who's maybe year 12 or uh, maybe a leader uh, would be invited to come up and have a go as a part of the uh, the evening service band um, and then if that's something that's going to be pursued it be, would be talked about later. Uh, the priority for all of our youth is that they're in their discipleship community um, and so this is so that w isn't something that's going to disrupt that attendance. Um, but we certainly want to give our young musicians opportunities to grow and develop, and, and Jace is very passionate about that. And um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the question is um, how are we wrestling with the fact that our kids' church 
leaders. Um, uh, many of them are uh, our youth kids, uh, or our helpers, uh, youth kids. Um, and if they're at 5 p.m., is there an expectation they're back in the morning? Uh, and if so, is that going to stretch? And if a family makes a decision that that's not the best thing for the child, are we then going to be in trouble and so on and so forth? I think that's the question. Uh, anyone want to have a go at that? Yeah, Craig. Because uh, I have a kids in that bracket. Um, one of the things that's really excited me since coming here is just seeing the number of teenagers involved in serving on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, and so my kids have got involved in that uh, and then they come on Sunday evening. So it's a big day, uh, Sunday morning serving, and then they come on Sunday evening to discipleship groups and Chapel Lane uh, where they get fed. But it's, um, it is really, it's a really exciting day in terms of to see them serving in the morning, the younger kids, and having a go at praying uh, for them or doing a little teaching spot. They've, they've just grown so much by serving in that way. So, uh, yes, it's a big day. Sunday night, we're all a bit shattered. Or, you know, not too bad. But um, it's, been an ex- <laughs> it's been an exciting day. But, yeah, I think they've just grown so much. So I, I'm really, I've been really um, encouraged by, by what happens here in that way. Yeah, so I agree with all that, and I'd just to add to that as well. We we, we do recognise that um, being a kids helper isn't isn't for everyone because it is a it is a very very big commitment. Um, it, it is the fourth thing that if 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 teenagers are coming to Chapel Lane, then being a kids helper is the fourth thing that they're committing to during the week. So that's a very very big commitment. Can you just go through what what they are? So that would be a Friday night youth discipleship community, Chapel Lane, and then a, um, a Sunday morning or or Friday afternoon. Yeah, and and that's and we recognise that that's a really big commitment, and that doesn't work for doesn't necessarily work for every teenager, doesn't necessarily work for every family, um, and so if if that realising that that's the case, um, if there's teenagers who say, look, it is just too much, we say that's okay. You know, you can step back from kids' helper, no shame. You know, there's no there's no um, compulsion on people to serve in that way, and and there are other ways that teenagers can serve as well. And there might actually be times in our kids. Uh, education where actually it is wise for them to step back um, and perhaps that's you know in later high school years although can I say that as a father of four who isn't there yet um, but I will be before I know it you know what I, I want nothing more than seeing my kids love this place and love serving Jesus and I can't wait to see my 13 year old teaching five-year-olds about Jesus and um, any level of inconvenience uh, I'll wear for that personally. Um, we'll need to weigh that up with educational things and this and that. But because my heartbeat, as yours is, Stu, I know, because my heartbeat, now heartbeats are for our kids to flourish in the Lord, um, I'm really happy for her to have big Sundays um, as long as that is viable and wise. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, God bless you. Thanks for the question. Kat. How'd you go in the HSC? No, 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 that's fine, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give up a few UAI for the Lord, no problem at all. Um, yeah, Dennis. Yeah, um, one church service, one community group, seven ministries is what we're... <laughs> no, yeah, the answer is, um, like Tim said in his thing, we are always on a knife's edge of not having enough people and God always provides. I'm the direct report for our kids' ministry people, Bethany and then Vish. The fight and wrestle that we have for months about kids' leaders uh, and yet we always just look at each other and say, you know what, God's good, 
He loves this place more than us. He loves these kids more than us. And he's going to raise up the right people. And he does it every year. I do not have one doubt that we will raise every person we need to do every role. Some people will say, you know, I want to do three or four. Some people say, I'm just going to do what I can. And that's praying at home. And that's not any roster. And I say, praise God for every one of them. Uh, God will provide. A growing church is always on a knife's edge. And it keeps us on our knees. And, and we love it most of the time. <laughs> Craig. Yeah, Tim. So Tim spoke about having youth leaders or leaders of youth who are perhaps not youth themselves, a bit older. Um, and, uh, but how does that work if you've got kids in youth? Is there a thought around that? Yeah, great question. Uh, one of the important things as I see it for, for teenagers coming and being involved in youth ministry at a church is that there is a older, more mature um, peer that they can do life with and share things with that isn't mum or dad. That is not to say there isn't a role for mum and dad at youth. And we, I think, you know, case by case, yeah, let's, let's talk about it and let's see what that might be. And that might be leading another age group, that might be doing a, like a, a resource sort of role on a Friday night of which we have leaders who come and do resource stuff. It, it might be being a, um, prefer, fulfilling a, a parent kind of role on a Friday night. That's something that we are you know, very much looking forward to in, in the future. So, um, Sorry, just explain that because on our, on our camps, youth camps, you actually have mum and dads there, don't you, who actually take that role for kids yeah we do so uh this this year at camp we had um two families actually not just um adults but two families that came and were sort of camp families uh, alongside the camp and that just adds that whole it's the, it's the whole intergenerational thing that i was saying before it adds a richness to our youth community so um for any parents who are saying look i'd like to be involved in some way let me know and we can chat about that and come up with a great solution so any other questions andrew Yeah. The question is, how, how is this going to impact the numbers of Chapel Lane? How is a new 5pm going to impact the numbers of Chapel Lane? Um, great question, Craig. Uh, James. James. Yeah, yeah. He's Craig, I'm James, you're Pete. <coughs> That's Tim down the end. Yeah. Yeah. And Vish is out there as well. Um, uh, good question. Um, in one sense, we don't, we don't think a lot um, because the youth, when 5pm, the youth will be at their discipleship communities, which many of them do already, and then come to Chapel Lane. So that will simply continue. If, if they're, that's what they're doing in discipleship communities and so on. So they'll go to discipleship community at five and then uh, for those who are keen to and so on, we'll, we'll stick around for Chapel Lane at 6.45. So it won't um, drag out youth into five if, that, if that's where um, you were kind of hinting in your question. Um, we know there's a, a handful of uh, adults who are thinking about Chapel Lane, but, um, uh, sorry, about 5 p.m. Six. Six. Six yeah. Chapel Lane adults yeah. thinking about joining five. So, so no, no more than that. So um, as far as we're aware, it's not going to impact Chapel Lane numbers really at all. Um, most of uh, the 5 p.m.s are coming from 9 a.m., um, which is exactly what we kind of hoped um, because that's where all most of the youth families are. And 9 a.m. is the congregation that keeps filling up and we'd like to create more room for more families to come in. So um, I'm not sure where that, if that kind of responded where, where you're going with the question. Feel free to push back or ask another question. Yeah, so, no. so I would think um, none. Um, and yeah. more than that, I'm an optimist, but I think it'll have the opposite effect. I think we're going to have more youth. For the reason that right now we're averaging 15 to 20 kids at the discipleship community 
from first week of term four, you can double that number easily. And I think if you've got the youth on site with their parents, whose, whose friends, peers, a number of them are hanging around, I think that's actually gonna draw people into Chapel Lane because they're already here. So I actually expect the number to go up, not down. Yeah, I mean, the only, not, to be, not to be the pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's called realism. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we kind of wax and wane on this, don't we? Sometimes I'm the optimist, you're sometimes... Yeah, anyway. Um, uh, except for the five to sevens, I think we wouldn't expect that a uh, year five kid would hang around for Chapel Lane at 6.45 and be there at 8.30. So those age group were entirely reasonable that they come home with their parents at, at after five o'clock. But there may be year sevens, year eights who aren't in discipleship community or drawn into that and then decide to come to Chapel Lane. Um, and so that may grow the youth numbers there. Yeah. Time will tell. Cat. <coughs> yeah. Do we, do, do we expect uh, a loss uh, of people from Chapel Lane because the time difference? Um, James. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd love to answer that, yeah. but I won't because I'm not the pastor. Um, that's a multifaceted uh, answer, I think. Um, in one sense, no, um, because Chapel Lane is full of people who love the Lord and are delighted that God is growing this church with what he's doing and um, are happy to move whatever they need to move in order to make room for more people. Um, and so moving an hour is a, a small inconvenience. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think any of the young adults, like the 25-year-old, will go home and go to bed at 8.30 on a Sunday night. You know, we're out for dinner. Yeah, we're watching TV. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Right. Go to bed. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it may mean for some youth and, and that's like with uh, Stu's question about um, kids help us and so on and, and we always want to work with families and so we'd love to chat to any families and saying look we're really wrestling with this whole thing what's, what's best how can we and the goal is to, to raise our kids for Jesus to see that next generation and so let's, let's talk um, and we may, some of them may but I've, I've been in other churches that um, had a lot, lot of youth in the evening and there were year sevens, year eights sort of waxed and waned and often the girls were the really mature ones who came, uh, the boys didn't. Um, but by year nine, year 10, year 11, uh, youth are really starting to own evening, uh, which is really exciting for their maturity and for that congregation. So we imagine there'll be a bit of that. Yeah. So worth also saying that so much of this is cultural. So almost, no, every large Anglican church around us, their night service starts either a quarter to seven or 7 p.m. Uh, six o'clock is anomalous, it's unusual. Growing up, St. Philip's South Tamar at 7 o'clock. St. Andrew's Rosewood and Jay Snow were there at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock is not unusual at all. Uh, but culturally it is. So we've got to wear that. It, that's the culture we've got. We just think within 18 months, it'll be nothing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, over here. Just I've seen a couple of hands from the same people, but I'll go to people who haven't asked. Yeah. So it's a comment from Kelly, great comment. Kelly's got two younger kids, one which is in year four, and remember kids roll up in term four, so he'll be in year five next year. So he's joining the five to seven program. Uh, we're talking a lot about youth, this and that, and Kelly's sort of thinking, yeah, but he's like, he was in year, the year two to four program, it's pretty young. Tim, can you talk to us a little bit just about that year's five to seven program um, and how that is age appropriate? I, have no, I assume it is. Please tell Kelly how it is. Yeah, no, it's a good question because um, it's important that that, uh, five to seven age group isn't just more like kids church in the beginning but actually it is more like kids church generally because there's a developmental thing for children that they you know 
they, they can't do a Bible study for an hour and a half. Uh, that's, it's just, at that age, it's just, you know, compass, um, concentration spans and all, all those things. It's not an effective teaching style. So, um, yeah, it certainly will look uh, a lot more like the morning program um, than what uh, Discipleship Community does currently. Um, so and the fact that they'll start in church um, as well will um, mean that there's not that their Sunday will be time-wise very similar to what um, it is at the moment and there will there will be activities and there will be different things that help them then transition into a discipleship community when they sort of hit year seven year eight that kind of age yeah but it's a really important question uh we want to spend time praying. I mean, it's one thing for us to have all our plans, isn't it? But at the end of the day, it is the Lord Jesus who actually brings our plans to fruition as they align with his perfect and pleasing will. Uh, and so uh, if you've got questions that you didn't ask then, we're all around afterwards over supper to, to talk and to take questions. We'd love to do that. We, we love that. Uh, but I'm going to hand over to Craig now, and Craig's going to lead us uh, as we spend some time talking to, to our Heavenly Father. So let's do that together. All right. Uh, we're going to break up into small groups in just a moment. Um, but at the beginning of this evening, Heather helpfully uh, referred to Psalm 127, which said, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Uh, which is a great verse for us, isn't it, to be thinking about at the moment. Um, what, what's going to happen in the month of September is we're going to be having a month of prayer, uh, which is really exciting. I've never been involved in a church for a month of prayer. Uh, I hope you're excited about that. So uh, that is a chance uh, where we're going to kind of really... Uh, uh, spend a lot of time uh, praying in different uh, forums. So hopefully we're going to encourage prayer within our uh, own homes, in our own personal lives and in our families. We'll be uh, having a prayer theme each week over these four weeks and praying around those uh, and also praying through uh, that prayer theme and those prayer points in our community groups uh, and also in our uh, church services on Sunday. And we'll also be having some prayer notice boards up the front here that we did for Chapel Lane recently. Uh, and then we will be praying corporately as a corporate church through those where we have corporate prayer times on Wednesday morning uh, at 6.30 uh, here uh, and for and uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. So we really want to see lots of people coming along to those prayer meetings uh, at 6.30 Wednesday morning for those who like an early start and Saturday night, 8 o'clock. 6 o'clock, wow, that is really early. Um, <clears throat> I haven't made it to that one. Um, but uh, 8 o'clock Saturday night is great. So... That, that's a chance where we'll get these prayer points from uh, Sunday services and we'll take them along to these meetings and, and, and really pray uh, to the Lord that he would uh, really be with us as we, as we start these new services, that he would uh, be Lord of every home and every heart uh, and then we'd really have this real passion to share the good news with our community. So let's get excited about praying uh, in the month of September and it'd be great to really think how you can as your family and individually get involved in praying more and really committing this to the Lord so that the Lord builds uh, his house and we don't uh, labour in vain. Uh, so we're going to pray now together uh, and there's some these five areas that we, we're going to focus on uh, where we're going to praise, uh, grow, share, uh, sacrifice, serve and planning and logistics be organised. So kind of five areas that we can think about in our groups and also as you came in tonight you were given a, uh, a prayer card uh, and there's three prayers on there as well that might guide our prayers as well so we've got a little bit of time now we've got uh, about 10 minutes uh, so we're going to break into groups of say four or five just where you are turn around and uh, use these to guide us uh, and these and let's just uh, really commit uh, our plans to the Lord uh, as we 
uh, prepared for the new services. And I'll call you back in just a moment. Well, tonight we've heard that uh, we've had our robes washed by the blood of the Lamb and that we are the redeemed of the land, uh, of the Lamb. And so we're going to now stand and sing uh, and praise our Lord and Lamb uh, together in song. So let's stand and, and praise God.